Welcome to Shift Your Reality Podcast. My name is Kübra Özgüvenç, a happiness alchemist, chemist, coach and astrologer. I started this podcast to share the journey that helped me and will help you to reach your highest potential and live your dream life. Let me give you a clue. It's about noticing your true needs, having more self-compassion, accepting your authentic self with love and reconnecting your worthiness. So join me and get ready to shift your reality. Hello everyone, welcome to the season two, episode two to Shift Your Reality podcast. Today I have a special guest. This guest is a, a very special one for me and for my healing journey. And I know that there are many people who were inspired by her. Esra Oud, a life coach and Kundalini Yoga instructor. Welcome Esra, it's so nice to have you here today. Thank you so much for inviting me. Um, it's a pleasure. Um, I can't tell you how happy I am that I met you back in like 10 or 15 years. I, I, I'm not sure how many years it has been. And um, there are many things that you added me and my life. And I know that there are many clients of yours changed their life tremendously. And um, can you tell us a little about your journey and what you do and how you help people, please? Sure. Um, well, my journey actually started in Los Angeles. Yeah. Um, I had come here uh, to study film. It was my passion back then. And um, after I completed UCLA and worked a little bit in the film industry, uh, I was in my early 20s. Uh, a very big important thing I noted is that I had a lot of healing to do with myself because I was having difficulty paying for rent, I was having difficulties with relationships, I wasn't at all happy in my life, and I was all alone here on top of it because family yeah. was back, you know, back in Turkey. So it was a very big kind of struggle and struggle for survival uh, to yeah. pursue my dreams. And a point came where I realized very early on, thank God, in my mid-20s, where I said to myself, you know, before I go out into the world and try to do something, try to create something, I need to first heal myself because I'm not a very happy person at this point in my life. So, of course, you know, they say when the student is ready, the teacher shows up. I like to say when the person is ready, the universe shows up. Oh, nice. So, I, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I remember one night I was so depressed. And really kind of contemplating, oh my God, you know, do I even want to be in this world kind of a space? And I made a decision. Now, you know, in our system, we call it a being choice, a being yes. decision. It's a kind of a, not an intellectual decision, but a decision you make with all of your being. Uh, and when you really make a powerful decision like that, your entire life has a potential to change. So back then, it was about, you know, I either want to like live happily and healthily or I don't want to be on this planet. So universe, show something to me. And the very next day as I was walking around, I'm, I'll never forget, I saw this red brick wall, a, a building with red brick walls. And all of a sudden, I was interested in this building. I mean, who gets interested in, in a building because it has red brick walls? But I was. So I, I said to myself, oh, I wonder what they do in here. So I walked in 
and it happened to be a Kundalini Yoga Center. And that's uh, how my first healing journey started with Kundalini Yoga. And it was a very powerful, very shifting journey at that point. Uh, because I was kind of doing a little bit of, you know, drugs, into alcohol, depression, all these things were going on. And within three months, I, I couldn't do alcohol anymore, I basically abuse alcohol anymore. Um, the drugs I was doing, it wasn't like a lot, but I, there was some. All that dropped out of my life. And most importantly, the depression completely lifted. Mm -hmm. And it, it was a very, very transformative experience. After that, many years after uh, the journey of Kundalini Yoga, I met my uh, mentor, Daryl Rutherford. And through getting coaching with him, through really getting into the awareness of how our belief systems affect everything from our relationships to our money situation, uh, I started working that journey, walking that journey, and it was absolutely life-changing once again. So <laughs> as brief as I can hold it, that's the summary of the journey of how I started. It was from self-healing. Yeah, as I, I've been reading a lot about your journey and how we can apply this into our lives, actually, one of the things that was most fascinating for me, this uh, the thing you mentioned, being choice. Can you tell more about that, being choice, what does that mean? And um, actually, before that, I can ask about your new book. It's an amazing book, as I uh, already finished it. Um, you explain it in the book in, in a very uh, generous way, actually, but for our audience, what would you like to share with us? Oh, about the being choice, Yes, right? yes, please. Yes. Well, um, the being choice, uh, or let's, let's call it the being power, okay. is a power that we're born with. It's not anything we actually need to learn, because we all have it. It's just that most of us are not aware that we have such a power inside. And it is the understanding that who we choose to be, mm -hmm. what kind of, are we identifying with our, let's say, past experiences and past beliefs about ourselves, or are we able to reproduce a new belief about either who we are or what is possible? If we can reproduce a new belief system and choose that new belief with all of our being, the whole entire reality changes because we can only attract really not what we're doing, but who we're choosing to be in life. So let's say as a three, you know, six year old, whenever we were doing uh, homework, our father kept on saying, hey, you know, you don't understand math, you stupid girl. And let's say without even being aware as a six or a seven year old, we bought into that belief system and in our identified with, oh, I guess I'm not very smart then we're going to have that experience, although in our potential it might not be true, as long as we believe it, we're going to have all the experiences, let's say all the players, all the scenarios that is going to support that belief system that's residing inside of us. Whenever we can get out of that conditioning, because we have an awakening or we have a burning desire and we choose to believe something different, immediately with the change of the belief, what we attract, what new people we attract, what new opportunities, possibilities we attract, shifts accordingly. So this happened to me in terms of many, many things, many concepts I had about myself. 
Um, but the book is more about prosperity and money. It's called yeah. Money Does Go on Trees, the myths we create and live by. So I'll give the money example. Mm -hmm. uh, when I changed my mind about who I was going to be in relationship to money, I went from complete, uh, you know, life of struggle to amazing, easy, graceful prosperity in a relatively short time. Yes, actually, uh, I would like to talk about more about the book because um, there are plenty of examples that you shared with us from your life or uh, related to your sessions with your clients. And um, actually, I really like the book because it is like you are coaching us through the book. This is what I felt uh, when I read the book. I, I really like the story that you mentioned about the prince uh, and how you attracted that opportunity, that job, and that then that interview. I also love the part about you attracted that amazing and <laughs> exciting part into your life uh, in a very fast way. Yet after that, something happened and things get back to where you started again, I guess, right? And yes. what would you like to tell about that part? Because I think oh God, there are many people. They should they should they should read the book for that because it's a beautiful book. Thanks for sharing all those um, knowledge you. and experiences with us. But um, let me then precise my question. Including me, there are many people who are trying to change things in their lives. It could be we can call it being choice or we we are trying to change our limiting beliefs or something else whatever we call it but um we achieve it somehow then we are trying to get back to the original state we started to our journey it is like a cycle and sometimes i even um remember in the beginning i had too much resistance to break that cycle and uh for many people it is rather harder than the others so how can the book yeah, I mean, help those people? One of the most important things to understand that, and we, we you know, I, it takes a bit of time to study it. Yeah. Oh, oops, I lost you. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. I can see oh, okay. and hear you. Okay, no problem. Perfect, perfect. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I lost you for a second. Um, is to understand the ego's resistance. Now, ego is a concept out there, I know, especially coming from a yoga background where the ego is usually seen as something negative, something bad, it's like an enemy of some sort, and we need to get over <laughs> our ego. And basically, anyone who doesn't like something about somebody else says, oh, you know, this and this person has such a big ego. Yeah. And usually I laugh at that because it's like when we point the finger and say, oh, so-and-so has such a big ego, excuse me, but what's the part of you that's seeing the ego of the other? It's not your spirit. It's also your ego. <laughs> so you're coming from the exact same place. So to me, one of the most helpful, helpful uh, journeys through, through working with Daryl Rutherford, my coach, was his understanding of ego. I think he was, a, he was brilliant in the way he understood and expressed ego. And basically, this is his definition. Ego is a mechanism that we have inside of ourselves that holds a certain belief system in place so that we can experience that as a reality. Mm -hmm. So it kind of has this anchoring job. 
another way I like to look at it is imagine that we're a boat and we're on a journey in the ocean. Well, every time we come into a harbor, for us to be able to stay in that harbor, to experience that harbor, well, we got to put the anchor down. Otherwise, we're going to drift. So the ego has a very similar function. It's the way that we anchor into a certain reality. So it creates a box. It creates a, you know, one level of reality. With a being choice, we can step outside of the box. And when we step outside of the box, make a different decision about what we're going to believe, who we think we are, and all the rest, we jump outside of the box, which is wonderful. There lies a completely different harbor, a completely different experience. But the thing is, the ego's job is to protect the belief system. So what the ego does is it like gets into immense amount of resistance, and it does everything it can to bring you back to your old belief system or your old reality. Yeah. <laughs> because ego doesn't know what's good for us, what's bad for us. You know, ego's not about wisdom. Ego's about just keeping in place. So as far as the ego is concerned, oh my God, you're getting outside of the box. And anything outside of the box, according to the ego's point of view, is bad. So it's going to try to like bring you back. And because people don't understand the you know, difference between who they are and the conditioning that is in the ego pocket that tries to pull you back, they can unconsciously just boom, go back. But when we understand the ego, understand that it has a natural resistance and learn how to manage it, then we can have these journeys of change very quickly that is sustained, you know, okay. for the rest of our lives. Okay. Um, and so what the one who is getting back to her old box uh, should try to understand what ego is trying to do. Is this what you're exactly, saying? Exactly. The ego's resistance. You know, it's okay. very natural that once we make a new decision, because the ego is like a loyal soldier that's trying to keep us in the old reality, it's going to fight the new decision, even if that new decision is something extremely positive and much better for us okay so is there any tips that you can share with us uh, how to approach the situation um l let me just go back uh, to explaining giving one more example about the ego think of the ego like when you're moving from let's say your smaller apartment to a much much beautiful bigger house yeah. after you've lived in your old apartment for 20 years Although you're going to a much better reality, much bigger house, maybe the house of your dreams, you're still going to feel sad as you're leaving that old apartment because you have an attachment of identity of 20 years to the old, although the new is much better. Yes. So, uh, I mean, there's techniques in the book, uh, yes. which will take long to explain over of here. Of course. But yeah, the most important, important way to get out of our old box is to make a new being choice. Okay. Well, um, in the book, it is really like you are coaching the reader, actually, and there are plenty of exercises and examples and uh, many questions that I asked myself, even though I worked on the subject 
plenty of times before the book, um, there are still changes I'm experiencing, interestingly. Um, oh, nice. <laughs> I love to hear that. <laughs> well, I, I should share this, actually. Um, just the day, um, you know, there is this exercise I did find 20 reasons why you need that money it was something like that right and um just after i made that exercise the next day in the morning i woke up and i i was checking my phone i saw that there were these unexpected monies coming to my account i was receiving plenty of money in an unexpected way and um this is how i can share my experience uh so um i, I think i hope uh, that would encourage people to read the book as well and i, I really love the name of the book also uh, money does grow on trees <laughs> I know, I know. That just came through as I began to write, you know, it's just the sentence just came through because so many of us, whether we're talking about, you know, Turkey or Europe or America, it doesn't matter. When, when it comes to the relationship with money, we have very heavy conditionings from society, from our parents that hold us in a limited perception. And the conditionings don't have to necessarily come from our parents. Like in my case, I made my relationship to money, I realized when I was working on myself and digging deep to see, okay, what is it that I believe? That my whole relationship with money, you know, is awful. It sucks. <laughs> Since I was very young, you know, I, I had even trouble getting, you know, uh, an allowance from whatever, my grandfather, even that was a struggle. And then paying the rent was a struggle. Everything was a struggle. And so um, when I realized as a seven-year-old girl, listening to the grown-ups from a story that they were, you know, just sharing amongst themselves. They were talking about a woman who had been married off to a very, a very young woman who had been married off to a very rich man. And the conversation of the adults were going in the fashion of, oh, that's great. You know, this is what women should do. They should marry for money. They should marry for, you know, status. And they shouldn't follow their heart. A woman who follows her heart is stupid. And I'm there as a seven-year-old listening to this, and it like freaks me out. I'm like, oh my God, what are these people talking about? Because love was always very important to me. So as a seven-year-old, I, I, then I remembered, of course, I had forgotten. I go to the bathroom, I look at the mirror, and I decide, as a seven-year-old, I will always follow the way of love and always say no to money. And so that belief system is what, you know, carried my life. I wrote the story, I wrote the myth, and then for my entire life, that's exactly what I experienced. I always had the courage to go after the jobs or dreams of whatever I loved, but this way or that way, I just couldn't make any money from it. Either it looked like it's either because, oh, I don't have the work permit, or all of a sudden the so-and-so company ran out of money, or this or that, but those are all outer reasons. What was going on is that I was experiencing my belief system exactly up into my mid-30s. Yeah. And it was only after I made what we call a being choice, uh, sitting one day in my apartment, I had just met my husband, now boy, then boyfriend, now husband, and I realized, oh my God, I'm 35 years old and I'm still struggling with money. And if we decide to have a baby, I can't even have a baby. I'm going to have to ask people for, you know, Pampers money just to be able to 
take care of my child. And this was such a kind of a no, no, no idea for me that right in there and then I decided I made a being choice that I'm going to belong to prosperity no matter what. And after that, that's the reality I created. Of course, the ego got into the resistance. It wasn't like a 24-hour journey. There were ups and downs. But when you learn to handle the ego that tries to bring you back to the old belief system, then you can penetrate through the resistance. Uh, it's promising, especially as we all are going through similar cycles in our lives. Well, I think it's, it's very important, the exercise you mentioned. Mm -hmm. That's a very important exercise. And the exercise to clarify is to write, if, if we do want to create more prosperity in our lives, is to create 20 reasons as to why it is that we want prosperity. And the trick with the exercises, so that the listeners can maybe even start doing it already, is that uh, all the material items are just number one. Mm -hmm. So you can, you know, you cannot say, oh, house, number two, boat, number three, this, that, uh, yeah. all one, <laughs> you know, as you know. Yes. And then you have to find 19 other reasons as to why you're wanting to create more prosperity. And that's a good way to get over the resistance of the ego because you create a lot of desire and desire is a very strong energy to get us outside of our old boxes. So it's a very, very simple, very, as you saw, effective exercise. Exactly. Well, uh, I should confess that it was hard to complete all those 20, well, 19 other reasons uh, because you, I, I remember the first time when I tried to do it, I, I could count around like reasons around 15 or so, but reaching 20, it was something. <laughs> Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's funny because when my mentor first gave me that exercise, I couldn't even do it. I have such a negative, without realizing a negative relationship with money, since I thought love and money can't go together. Uh, yeah, I just couldn't come up. I remember I got stuck on number three. Mm -hmm. And when I told him, I said, you know, Daryl, I'm so sorry. I, I cannot come up with more reasons. Like my mind, you know, cannot think it up. He said to me, Esther, you know, I cannot help you in this journey unless you have yes. your 20 reasons. <laughs> because it shows me that you don't have enough desire. And without enough desire, you cannot create something new. Yes. Well, what is the difference here between attachment and desire because sometimes we have difficulty to attract things not because we don't have enough desire but we attach to the things that we are trying to manifest oh that's a very very good question it's a very important question because the two get mixed up very often yes um there's a whole system called you know with, with frequencies and the frequency of desire is around 300. Mm -hmm. The frequency of attachment is around 80. So there's like a vast numer you know, uh, number-wise difference between how you vibrate when you're in attachment versus in desire. The way that I like to describe it is, is desire always has joy. Pure desire always has joy. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have a lack energy. Yes. It's, it's like... And, 
it has the anticipation. Imagine you're getting ready to go to a beautiful wedding or a party. What do you do in the morning? You wake up and you know, you're getting ready and you just know it's going to happen. And there's this taking your time, enjoying the journey as you get there joyfully. When we get into attachment, attachment is this kind of sensation that we are less unless we have that thing we're attached to. This could be a relationship. This could be, you know, prosperity. This could be status. It doesn't matter what it is. But in attachment, there's a poverty energy. There's a sense of lack. There's a sense of like, oh my God, I can never be fine without having this, that, and the other thing. So that's, that's the difference. One is a happy place. The other is a very poor place. Yes. So instead of being needy, feeling needy, we should feel the joy, whatever we are trying to attract. Um, our path goes through joy, I guess. Thanks for that as well. And um, yeah. No, it's, it's, it's very, it's, it's a, you know, it's a concept all by itself, this whole thing of attachment. I mean, you know, one can just work on that for a month, let's say. How, how do we... How do we release ourselves from attachment? Mm -hmm. And one very good way to do it is think of you know the situation, our worst case situation. This might be not getting what it, whatever it is that we want, and figuring out a way of how we can be a winner anyway. Okay. So you know, let's say it's an acting thing, and this happened to me where um, I came back to Turkey and I was auditioning because I used to do acting before in Turkey. And I was meeting really, you know, top-notch producers, and it just wasn't happening. And when I started uh, coaching with my mentor, he said, Esther, what is it that you're afraid of? That you're, you are the one not making it happen. It's not like it's not ha happening. What is it that you're resisting? And when I thought about it, I realized, oh, my God, I have such a fear of failure. And a feeling like, oh, my God, what if, what if I do get into a movie or a... TV series, and I've studied all this time in the past, and I'm not good enough anymore, that good enough story. And he said to me, okay, well, how can you make this worst case scenario okay? And, you know, it takes a bit of thinking to see how your worst case scenario can actually be a benefit. That's the way to go. And when mm -hmm. I thought about it, I, I realized, um, I said to myself, well, I'm already teaching yoga. The life coaching had just started in my life. I'm already doing two jobs that are just the absolute passion and passion of my life. So the worst case scenario, if the acting part doesn't happen, is that I have more energy, more time, more everything, more attention to just keep watering what I already love. And as soon as I said that, energetically, emotionally, it became completely okay for me that the acting doesn't happen. On Monday, I went to an audition. I got a movie. Tuesday, <laughs> I went to an audition. I got a TV series. Wednesday, I went to an audition. I, got, I booked a commercial. So what hadn't happened for a really long time, all of it happened one day after the other in just a week because I was no longer attached or in the need of having my goal. I had let it go. That's unbelievable how fast it can uh, occur in our reality. It's um, amazing. What shifted for you when you did your exercises? Um, you mean the exercise in the book? With the, yeah, with the 20 reasons. Um, 
well, for me, I have my, you know, a pa uh, there is a paper that I read from time to time. It's why I'm doing this, what I'm doing, the coaching and uh, the other things. And uh, sometimes I really lose the connection. And when I wrote there, I, I felt like the connection, um, came back. I felt the connection even stronger than just reading the paper that I wrote several times ago, because in the paper that I wrote, um, there were a couple of reasons, but when I, um, pushed myself hard to fill the 20 lines of the exercise, um, I think, I, I think I thought it was bigger than I, I planned what I was doing, what I, uh, I was trying to achieve because, you know, we always focus on a couple of reasons, the bigger reasons, and we don't see the others, but if they're not bigger, it doesn't mean they are not, they are less important than the biggest reasons in the, in the, in the list actually. So, um, I think it really helped me to see that other reasons were also quite important for me. Yeah. And some of them, I, I did not realize them uh, before the list, actually. You hadn't thought of them before. No? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, I mean, it helps to activate both desire and also clarity. Yeah. All of a sudden, one becomes clear as to why it is that we're wanting something, which is very, very important, that aspect of clarity kind of getting out of the mind muddle of, oh, I should, or I shouldn't. And, you know, activating with desire, with clarity, whenever we can perfectly see the vision of what we're asking for, and we don't have belief systems that are resisting it, then as you know, as you saw, as I'm giving in my examples and for many, many more, it can all change in 24 hours. Exactly. Um, I think when we get clear about what we want and for what reason we want all of them it helps us to calm down our ego so it won't create more, <laughs> more resistance as it does before and also um, this is where we become uh, magnetic i think of course yeah the energy shifts and with that we begin to attract differently yes absolutely well Esra, thanks for being guests thank you for my channel it's always a pleasure to have you and um well congratulations for the book not not for you but for us that we can read it and coach <laughs> ourselves um and is there anything else you would like to mention about the book or about your journey anything you'd like to say um i just want to say it's beautiful to remember how powerful we are it's beautiful to remember that prosperity is within us. Everything we're looking for in life is actually in our backyard. And when we can just awaken to that, all of life begins to flow. And, um, you know, people always resist problems. And this whole journey from point A to point B is there, including all the problems, including all the challenges is to rediscover who we really are. So whether it's going really bad or whether it's going really good, in the bigger picture all as well. Thank you so much. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to us today. And I'll be sharing the links for Esra and her amazing book uh, in the captions. May the joy be with you.